Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, July 19th edition of the Basement Academy, this little gymnasium of the soul that we visit uh, daily or from time to time. Uh, trust that your weekend went well, uh, and for those gathered in worship, that that Nightbird story uh, hopefully was inspiring and encouraging. Uh, received an email from one of our elders on Sunday afternoon, kind of some backstory, more backstory, and really talking through how could somebody facing 2% chance of survival be singing It's Okay. And just a very sweet reflection uh, that this particular uh, writer offered on that story. So anyway, hopefully you'll follow Nightbird as she goes forward in the singing competition and pray for her and for others uh, who are in the house of mourning. Okay, let's read our morning psalm, different word morning. This is Psalm 139. I think we know this one. Uh, certainly love it for those who do know it. For the director of music, a psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake... I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies." Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Psalm 
139. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And so Psalm 139 speaks of God's knowledge, his presence, um, his planning, knowing all our days before one of them comes to be. And um, I think Psalm 139 is intended to be a psalm of comfort. Uh, and I, I think it's a wonderful, just the timing is reading that today, one of the daily psalms with what I want to do to continue for this week. Not the actual book study. We did that for, was that six, seven weeks? I'd like to offer a few pastoral reflections. How I have attempted in my own life to work Ephesians in the truths of this book into my life, but also pastorally, how I have found the book of Ephesians and these truths, these eternal truths, how I find them helpful in my pastoral work in conversation. So just want to offer some what I would call pastoral reflections or, or considerations. And so uh, this morning, I want to think about the beforeness of God. It's a funny little phrase. I, I've not read it anywhere, but I think about that from time to time. God is before us, right? God is before all things. And so Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God. So in the beginning of time, of history, of creation, of, of space and matter, Prior, before that, there is God. God is before the creation that comes from him, okay? And so our scriptures present a God who is prior to all. Um, Psalm 139, which we've just read, uh, I don't know if you caught it, two different places. Before a word is on my tongue. So before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. So before these very words I'm speaking now, before the words you will speak today, before those words even form themselves, God knows the word that is getting ready to be spoken. And, and so rightly, the, the psalmist, such knowledge is too wonderful. I, 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 can't, I can't grasp that. I can't comprehend that. But then also, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So not only does God know the word on our tongue before we speak it, God knows not only this day, but he knows the full number of our days before one of them even comes to be. So before we're born and that reflection being fearfully and wonderfully made, God knows us fully, completely, thoroughly. And so all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be, before one of them came to be. Wow. Again, such knowledge is, is too wonderful, too lofty for me to attain. Uh, Paul writes in uh, Colossians, this letter to the church at Colossae. This is the, we, we sometimes recite this in our affirmation on Sunday mornings. It's, some scholars believe this is an early hymn, Christian hymn of praise. 
so Colossians chapter 1, beginning verse 15, he, that is Jesus Christ, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. So we can see him. He's the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. We've heard about those recently, the spiritual battle. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things. So Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So he, he's prior to, he's before all things, but then all things kind of find their glue, as it were. In, in him, all things hold together. So in Ephesians, we read, for he chose us, God chose us, God the Father chose us in him, that is Christ, before the creation of the world. And he chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. And so Paul goes on and talks about predestination. And we struggle with that one, right? We struggle with the notion of predestination. But what I would offer is what we're struggling with to comprehend, to grasp is the beforeness of God. He is before us. We have a hard time envisioning anything before us. We, once we're really, I mean, we can study history and we know our families and we know our parents you know, had a life before we came along and our grandparents had a life before our parents came along. But there is something in the human experience that we kind of map the world from our point forward. And, and we just struggle to understand that there was life before us. Okay, Again, we intellectually understand it. But somehow the beforeness of God, a lot of us kind of, you know, so when we read a, some language, he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Uh, how could God know all my days before one of them comes to be? <clears throat> and so I find the beforeness of God a helpful, I find it a comfort, right? I find it a helpful truth and reality um, as a pastor. So not only as a Christian brother, uh, one walking after Christ, following Christ, but a as a pastor who then finds himself in conversation with people in all manner of challenging circumstances. Again, usually folks come to the pastor when things are struggling, not you know on our best days. Usually we come on our worst day. And so... Over the years, I have uh, been challenged, I'll say it that way, to speak in a way that hopefully provides comfort and perspective and wisdom and hope and, and life and joy in the midst of the struggle. And one of the ideas is the beforeness of God. Now, as we study Ephesians and other places where this notion of God predestining us. Paul uses the language here in Ephesians. It's used also in Romans. There's something in us that struggles with that. We, we perceive the predestining work of God. And we say, well, that's destining. Okay, God being before, I don't have a problem with. 
but him predestining, I do have a problem with. Again, a lot of us do. And so there's this notion that, that kind of the beforeness of God, God knowing things before they happen, we struggle with that. Somehow we feel, I, just in conversation, I perceive that people believe that somehow threatens their freedom. That is, well, if God knows something before it happens, then somehow I'm not free to make a choice. Now, I'll acknowledge there's some mystery here. But the notion of God not being before us is not one I want to, I don't want to go down that path, right? Hmm. And so what, what, what seems to me, I think the Psalm, uh, Genesis, and, and these are not the only passages, um, you know, all the prophecies, God speaking through his prophets before something comes about, warning them in advance, and then it happens, and then speaking of their redemption, um, you know, prior to it happening, <clears throat> I think we generally find comfort from. And so I tend not to see the beforeness of God as a threat to freedom. I find it more of a comfort and hope. I think we intuitively have a sense of our freedom. We, 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 have a, we just have a sense that, yeah, I... I I chose to follow Jesus Christ. For me, it was back in my college days. I'm not sure when it was for you, but we just in instinctively, intuitively know that there was a moment at which we gave our assent, mental, emotional, spiritual, and we said yes to God, and we began to get on that pilgrim way. So I, I don't, I'm not threatened by that. And, 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 and so God, maybe knowing that was going to happen and somehow having a hand in that also doesn't, I personally have never been tripped up by that. But I know folks are, and so I respect that and acknowledge that. And so I try to come at it less about predestining and we're like little mechanical robots that everything has been preordained. I, I, I want to pull it back to God being beforehand as, as one... I read this from Eugene Peterson, but I don't think it's his statement. But one of the church fathers or mothers from centuries ago... God is long beforehand with our souls. I've, I've spoken that a lot in the, in the private conversation with folks. God is long beforehand with my soul, with our souls. God knows us. And in knowing us, he loves us. In loving us, he, he draws near. He opens doors and he closes doors, right, to, to, to be involved in our lives. But there is this measure of freedom, right, that we have this sense of being able to respond to him or not. I've, I've you know, closed my ears to the voice of, of, of Scripture and truth. I suspect you have as well. And then we repent and we turn back. And so I, I find God being, being beforehand, knowing things beforehand, I find that to be a comfort. In that, as I'm walking into a difficult situation, I'm, I'm walking, or I find myself in a, in a challenge, a trial of some sort. Okay, well, God's not surprised by this. God's not surprised by the pandemic, right? We were surprised by the pandemic, but God is not surprised by the pandemic. Pandemic. 
something about that just gives me comfort. Okay, so globally, and then it's local application of that, this pandemic, all the challenges and struggles, I also then have a sense of purpose that there's a purpose in this season of global history in this pandemic. Maybe this was just the right moment, not just for me as an individual, but for the, the human community. Things were kind of getting crazy and chaotic and, and still are a little crazy and chaotic. But all of a sudden, people started slowing down. Now, it's been horrible for a lot of folks. I don't want to diminish that. But for many, the, the, the pandemic has been a season of renewal. They've slowed down, they've stopped commuting, more time with family, more time at home, more time pursuing hobbies and reading and gardening. And, you know, this basement academy has grown up out of that. You know, absent the pandemic, I'm pretty sure this thing that we've been doing now for a year and a half or, you know, 18 months, 15 months is, would not be going. And so I find hope and comfort that God is before a second aspect of this is there's a humility that is born out of this. We are not before. We do not know things before they happen, but God does. And so, um, before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Such knowledge is too lofty to, for me, too wonderful, uh, or too wonderful, too lofty for me to attain. That's the language of humility. God, you know all about me. If I try to run to the far side of the sea, you're there. If I try to go into the depths, you're there. If, if I just let the night hide me, even there, you are with me. There's this, Psalm 139 is a psalm that bids humility. God is grander. God is more majestic. God is more understanding and more, more present than we ever imagined. And humility is a good thing. <laughs> cultivating humility. It's the antidote to our pride. It is the chief virtue. And so humility, I think, rightly leads to worship. There, there's this, you can kind of sense that tone in Psalm 139. It's this, you've searched me, you know me, Lord, you know, there's this, it's not the express, expressed language of praise, but there's this cultivating of humility. My God, how great thou art that you know all of these things. And so humility and worship, I think, come out of this contemplation of the beforeness of God. Though we can't see where things are going, again, the comfort is, okay, tomorrow, which is uncertain to me, is not uncertain to God. And that can drive me, I can you know, shake my fist and be mad about that, or I can, it can drive me to worship. Fall on my knees. My God, how great thou art. And so I find this helpful <clears throat> to contemplate God's omniscience, his omnipresence, his omnipotence, God's power, his knowledge, his presence that are all-encompassing. I'm comforted. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And so we rightly worship him. Um, and then this... Last, uh, if you're watching the video, you see the whiteboard here. If, if, if not, if you're listening on a podcast, the, these three points. The last one is taking the adventure. 
uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a series of books. We call them children's books, the Chronicles of Narnia, but in fact, they are for all ages. And it's the adults who can probably penetrate some of the Christian truth that is being conveyed in somewhat metaphoric or allegorical um, expression. And in the last of the seven books, uh, The Last Battle, um, Narnia is uh, besieged, this, this land, this kind of magical land of Narnia created by the lion Aslan, who is a Christ figure. As, uh, Narnia is under attack, as it were, by a false Aslan, a, a crafty ape known as Shift, has dressed his little sidekick Puzzle the Donkey up in a dead lion's skin, and Shift basically tries to bring forth this donkey dressed in lion's clothes as uh, Aslan. So all kind, all manner of uh, chaos unfolds. And at one point, uh, the king uh, speaks and says, let us go take the adventure that Aslan is sending us or has sent us. Taking the adventure that Aslan is sending us. It's the expression, it's C.S. Lewis, I think, speaking to this kind of comfort and hope that come from the beforeness of God. It's this, this absolute trust in Aslan, the good lion, who, if this adventure is coming, it is being sent by him. He is before this adventure, okay? He is before this experience. And so let us, let us take up that adventure. Let us, let us lean into an uncertain and what appears to be somewhat dangerous um, uh, future. I have loved that language. I, I have used it countless times over the years, pastorally, um, at Greenwich and, and prior to being at Greenwich. When something, the, the uh, pandemic, I, I'm, I don't recall exactly when, but I know, well, <laughs> let's take the adventure that Aslan is sending us here. Let's lean into this thing. And there's something that's full of faith, full of hope, full of joy, full of um, humility, talked about that, full of wisdom. There's, a, there's an assurance, a blessed assurance that this future uncertain to each of us because we are stuck in time, right? That's why the beforeness of God is so hard for us to grasp because you know, I make plans, but I can't always bring about the plans I make, right? But God can make the plans and God brings about the plans. God is before all things. And so, so this sense of, okay, in the pandemic or some other expression of life that's unfolding, be it last year, an election year, um, you know, I don't know what to think about the current year we're in, Um The Christian draws strength and comfort and confidence that God is before all things and in him all things hold together. That Jesus is known elsewhere. We read in, I think it's Revelation, 
the Lamb of God that was slain before the creation of the world. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. How could the Lamb of God have been slain before the creation of the world? Well, God, who is before all things, sees in human freedom what's going to happen. And so he knows this. And so this plan of redemption is a long plan of redemption. And we're 2,000 years on from Jesus, right? And there may be a 2,000 years more before God decides to wrap all things up. But God is before all this. And so let us lean into the future. Let us lean into that new job, that new school year, uh, that new opportunity, this new season that we have as a church family uh, together. Let us lean into uh, the uncertainty, not necessarily reveling in the uncertainty, but, 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 but um, being grounded in the certainty of the God who is before all things. The God who has chosen us before the creation of the world, chosen us in Christ to be holy and blameless. That's our destiny. That's the predestining. He, our destiny is holiness. It is blamelessness. It is redemption. It is salvation. It is resurrection. It is wholeness. It is being put back together. All the brokenness, all the ways in which our lives are kind of shattered and, and don't fit together, the broken relationships, the struggle we have with family members and others to, to give full expression to who we are and who, how we want them to know us, all of that that we struggle with in life. The Christian can walk into all of that adventure. Let us take that adventure, for we know that God is before us. <laughs> So I offer that to you on a Monday morning that whatever adventure you are finding yourself in, whatever challenge, whatever opportunity, whatever struggle, uh, whatever joy, to contemplate that God is before that and God will meet you in it and that he has something beyond it as well. So it's not just the next thing that he's thinking about. God has the thing after that even to the end of our days. And then before we even die, we can have the hope of resurrection and being this, this rebirth that happens in, in resurrection. And so all of that and more, I, I take as pastorally comforting and, and, and um, yeah, it, it's a joy to be able to sit with folks. I don't like when they're in pain, I, 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 I'm so sad about that. But I love the opportunity to try to create um, with, with someone else a, a, an understanding that, that reflects on this. So anyway, I hope this is helpful. Let, let's close with prayer and we'll uh, pick up with another application, pastoral application from Ephesians tomorrow. Let's pray. God, we do struggle to comprehend how you could be before all things. You could know all our days before one of them even begins, how you could know the end. But we trust these words. And they do give us comfort and hope and life and joy. They help us to take the adventure that is coming. And so for each uh, who listens, who watches, who hears these words, who contemplates, Lord, may there be a strengthening and a comfort and a hope and a calming reality that, that results, that, that, that flows from 
knowing that you are before all things. Thank you for Paul, for his uh, understanding, for his writing. Help us to benefit and to grow and to lean into this future as the people of God and the followers of Jesus ought to. And so we bless you and thank you for this new week as it unfolds before us. And we make our prayer in the name of Jesus, who is before all things, in whom all things hold together. And we offer the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God who is before this day and this week and before your life, may he accompany you and give you great joy and strength and hope this day and forevermore.